Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Here's Pastor Ryan. I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Because if we can take these bodies to heaven, we would pollute heaven. Right? We would just pollute it. So it's like, nah, he's going to give us uh, new bodies. And I started thinking about that. I think, I think that we're going to look really different, I think. You know, like if you think of a, a, a pine cone, cone or a seed, it looks nothing like the tree. Nothing like it. So I think, you know, we'll know who we are, but, man, I wonder. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit. And and if I would belabor this one single verse even more, I mean, how much does Christ want you and I to inherit now that he cannot because there's too much corruption in our lives? Too much corruption. What you're praying for, oh, that requires more. Hey, I remember the church has been around for like 15 years this Easter. And it's, uh, there's a lot that I prayed for that God was like, uh, I don't think so. Because Ryan, uh, you need to step up to the plate. You need to grow more. You need to surrender more. You need to die more. So think about that. Think about that. Just, you know, maybe there's something God wants you to inherit, but there's just a little too much corruption and he wants you to clean up some things. All right. So then he says, um, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. And so there's this question to the church at Corinth. Okay, all right, we're going to get new bodies. But what happens? What happens to those that are alive when God in his divine wisdom and providence, where it's time for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come and judge the nations and come and bring the wrath of God upon a Christ-forsaken world. What happens to those who are alive? Think about it. We, we, we are either, we either die in Christ and go to heaven, or we die not in Christ and go to hell. That's the reality. But what happens when he's, he's done, that we, where this age of the Gentiles is fulfilled and the very last Gentile is saved and God says, I, I, I've been patient enough. It's now time. And the ball gets rolling to judgment upon the world. What happens to those of us who are alive at that time? And Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's turn there because it's too important. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And give me an amen once you are there. Verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who 
have, who are asleep or who have died before us in the Lord. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. These are the most trippiest verses that we'll ever read that says that the generation that is alive, when God says that's it, the ball of, of the wrath of God is going to uh, start going forward, that, that we who are alive and remain, shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the clouds, in the air. It's so amazing, the idea of us going up to meet the Lord in the air. And we know that caught up, or caught up is, is the, the Greek word harpazo, uh, by which the, the Latin to harpazo is raptus, by which we get the English rapture. And harpazo means to be snatched up by force, and so, again, the time will come. And the way things are going now, with the way things are going now, the, the, the Israeli forces are moving into northern Gaza. We think that the world hates Israel now. Wait till they eradicate Hamas. It's going to get heavier. The anti-Semitism is everywhere. We don't know the day or the hour, but we do we can tell the, the signs. And we see what's going on, and it's incredible, the hatred for Israel today. In our cities, these demonstrators that are brainwashed, who don't know history, who don't care to know true history. Israel's not occupying any land. That, that land's been theirs for 3,000 years. God gave it to them. God is not done with them. The land has been restored according to Ezekiel 37 and their spiritual eyes will be open for them to know that Jesus Christ indeed was the Mashiach, the Messiah. They will turn to Jesus Christ. God has a plan for them and that is the reason why the world hates them. They hate them because of Jesus. Even the Israelis don't know why they're hated. They're hated because of Jesus and the plan of salvation that's going to come towards them, to them. And so since these things are taking place, you think about Revelation 6 and the wrath of God that's going to be poured out on a Christ-rejecting world. It's so devastating that they will cry out in Revelation 6, 16. Uh, these are those who still will not repent, who have the mark of the beast, who follow the Antichrist. In Revelation 6, 16, it says that they will say to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Hide us from the Lamb. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, it says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. The rapture has many purposes, but I believe that the main purpose is to save his bride from his wrath. The wrath that the world is facing now is from the devil. The Bible says that the whole world is under the sway of the enemy. The devil has bewitched everyone. They think that evil is good and good is evil. They don't understand what's going on. They're lost. 
They don't understand justice. This is why Jesus said, because the lack of justice, the love of many will grow cold. We're living at a time where people are blinded and lost, but we have the truth of God's word. Jesus is coming back, and he is going to save us from his wrath. Christians died today because of the persecution of people. Christians died today because the the persecution of the devil. But God's wrath is not for us. We are his children. We are his bride. And if you read the book of Revelation, that is for those who reject Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, as Paul's talking to the church of Thessalonica, and, and he's blessed by their... Um, by their faith, he says that they were those who, they are Christians who are, who wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. He delivers us from the wrath to come. You know, he came not to condemn us. He came not to condemn us because the world is already condemned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Jesus didn't come to... Con- you can't kill somebody that's already dead. You, right? Can you kill somebody that's already dead? If man can save themselves, they would have said no thank you to Jesus, which they did, foolishly. Man cannot save themselves. If, if man can save themselves by their good works, I think I'm a good person, that kind of philosophy. Jesus would have not had to come. But Jesus came because the Bible declares that our good works are like filthy rags. There is not one that's good. No, not one. But I think of, to me, that's what the rapture is. To me, it's, you know, I'm not destined to get hammered by God. He said, in this world, you will face tribulation. It's a tribulation because Jesus said to his brothers, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its deeds are evil. The reason why they hate you and I, the reason why Christians face persecution is because we testify to this world that their deeds are evil. But I am confident God will not hammer me. You think of Genesis and and Abraham and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and how in Genesis 18, Abraham pleaded with God and Abraham came near to the Lord and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the, the place and not spirit for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And so the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And you know that went from 50 to 40 to 30 to 20 to 10 to just Lot's family. God isn't in the business of his destroying his own people just for free. Amen? Uh, turn with me to 2 Peter. Please. Chapter 2, verse 4. 
For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Sodom and Gomorrah, right there it tells you, right there it tells you that Sodom and Gomorrah was specifically destroyed to be an example to what God does not approve of. That whole LGBT, all that lame stuff. Someone's got to love them enough to tell them in Christ Jesus you can find freedom from that. All of their parents who support them, their sisters, their brothers, and Hollywood, and everybody else who supports them, they are, they are, they are, they are enablers. They do not care about them. They're lost just like they are lost. And unfortunately, I, I guarantee you, there's folks who go to church who say, oh, you know, oh, they're, they're my niece or my nephew or my son or my daughter, and they won't tell them anything. They won't tell, they don't love them enough to tell them anything because they're afraid. They won't talk to me anymore. Well, Jesus Christ came to bring a sword, not peace. He came to divide. If it, if it divides you because of truth, listen, there's, there's only one thing that the Bible says would set them free, and it's not lies, it's the truth. And so, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by, by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. God knows how to preserve you and I. And he knows how to reserve the wicked for the day of judgment. And the Old Testament examples are there to warn us. We are living in the days of, of Noah. And uh, so we have to be ready. We have to be uh, watching. Because the Lord can come at any moment. Does he come all the way down, Steve Perry? He doesn't. We meet him in the air, which makes it a way better trip. We meet him in the air up there. Uh, we're jetliners, you know, about jetliner level clouds man that's going to be awesome man but are you ready Whew, be ready you know I was we have a, a loft upstairs and we have these old chairs they're nice but they're older and uh, you know we're thinking about kind of sprucing it up up there and uh I'm a little bougie, so I like leather. Forgive me. And, uh, but they're so expensive, you know. You just can't do it just like that. And so I started thinking about the rapture, and I just told Clarissa, you know, like, should we really do it? I mean, he's probably going to be here. <laughs> I'm sure the seats we have will do. 
I figure, you know, the, 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 the poor folks who will come to know Christ during the Great Tribulation will find in our homes a plethora of treasures. Christians are usually good stewards. Lots of Bibles in our homes, probably a lot of canned food, guns, and ammo. They're just going to be like, this is where church is going to be. <laughs> I think, man, Lord, you know, you gave us this, this nice church. Right at the, right before, you know, right when the rapture can come, you know, can you give us some time to enjoy it? I mean, anyways, I digress. I'm not going to care about this place when I'm in heaven with the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right, so... Verse 53, for this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? I mean, we'll look back at death, that thing that kills the body. Since we were born as babies, we've been dying since that day. Ten out of ten of us will die. We'll die because of of, uh, Adam and Eve's sin, who represents all of us. For those who think they do better than Adam and Eve don't know themselves very well. Jesus Christ, the second Adam, never sinned. And he takes away our punishment so that we can live with God for eternity. Death is one of the most sobering things to people. And you know, atheists and and people who mock God and mock the gospel and they don't get it. It blesses me as they get closer to death, when they begin to fear. And they realize that their philosophies that they followed in their life cannot help them on that deathbed. That the philosophies of this world and their professors and whoever professed to be wise but are really morons. And at that moment, they realize, I need God right now to comfort me. And they repent Makes sense to me now. Death is is sobering. And, um, And as a Christian, Jesus said that he is the resurrection and the life. He who believes in him shall never die. That means we just go from one body into another body without losing consciousness of God. There was, a, there was a lady on YouTube, hospice nurse. I want to talk to uh, Amanda a little bit about this. She's here, but like, she's giving stories of like people who died peacefully and people who didn't, you know, and how heavy and real that is, you know. But anyways. Oh, death, where is your sting? There's that, that, 
that mocking of it. God so powerful. Jesus overcame sin and death. Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is law. You know, the fact that this, this, uh, incor- this corruption was put on incorruption, it reminds us of that verse that is applied to Jesus Christ our Lord, right? In Psalm 16, verse 10, that prophesied concerning his resurrection. It says, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. That applies to Jesus. He died, and, and, and before that body can, can corrode, he was resurrected with his new body. But that verse, I believe, can apply to us. Think about it. When someone dies, yes, their body's breaking down, but the corrosion after they leave the body begins when they leave the body. So in a sense, they see no corruption. They're just in their incorruptible new bodies. Does that make sense? Just dawned on me. And he is the first fruits of the resurrection. He saw no corruption. Man, you know, they left this body and it's about to get corroded and they're gone. Praise the Lord. Amen. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. The law, the law points out to us that, oh, man, we're sinful. It's a mirror. It, it's a big sign that says, you and I do not live up to the law, which makes us fall on our knees and beg for a Savior. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who had no sin, fulfills the law. The law's purpose was to draw us to Jesus Christ in despair. And he saves us, and we are saved. Therefore, because of all these things, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Hydraios is the word for steadfast in Greek, which means to sit, to be immovable, settled, fixed in purpose. The things that you've learned from God, the things that you've learned from the apostles, the things that we've learned from our pastors who taught through the word. Be steadfast in those things. Be immovable. Don't change. The Bible says don't don't associate with one given to change. You know that Christian who says, yeah, the Bible says that. Yeah, we should go to church regular. Yes, but... I'm good. I, I, I'm good. I don't have to. Oh, that's someone given to you. What are they changing? They're changing the word of God. Word of God says you're commanded to, especially now that you see the day approaching. That much more so you're supposed to come together and, and, and encourage one another in love and good works. What if the rapture comes on Wednesday? Yes, take me from this place, Lord. I was talking to, in first service. I was saying, man, if I if I wasn't here on Wednesday night, I wonder 
how many of our folks had run into shopping carts? You know, I get it if people are working. But if they're not working, what is it? Is it too dark? Is it too cold? You know I'm commanded to, to, I'm commanded to command good works and to constantly remind them. Think about that. Yeah, steadfast, hydraios, which means to sit immovable. Those traditions, if the church meets, try to get there, guys. Pray about it. Seek God. See what he says to your heart. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.